National Geographic presents. What I'm asking you to do is dangerous. You need to take your time to think it through. No, I don't. What do I do? We can't save everyone. But if I don't try, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself. What are we supposed to do? Some stood by. Anything. You have to. She stood up. There has to be a line. Belle Pauli is meat geese. There has to be me for this to work. A Small Light limited series premieres tonight at 9. Stream on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Welcome to To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast featuring mountain home real estate broker Robert Martin, who has over 25 years of experience assisting clients reach their goals and move forward. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation with experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents that explores the ins, outs, and specific nuances of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home in Evergreen, Conifer, Bailey, and surrounding areas to catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Mike Schmidt. Mike is the superintendent of Platte Canyon High School and also the high school principal. So thanks for joining us today, Mike. Appreciate it. Robert, thanks for having me. I'm glad to talk to you about our community and our school. Great. Well, first off, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, your background. Sure. Uh, I have been in uh, the Bailey community for, for over 22 years now, and my wife and I moved up here when our son was just turning one, and uh, both my son and daughter went through our system. And throughout that time, I've been employed at the Platte Canyon School District initially as a math teacher and coach, football coach primarily, and then moved up or down, depending how you look at it, to assistant <laughs> principal, uh, and then principal. And so I've been principal for the last 15 years. And then four years ago, I added to my job um, description the, the title of superintendent because I felt like I wasn't busy enough. So I figured I better add something to that. So we've been, we've been in uh, this, like I said, basically almost a quarter century. Love it here. Uh, our kids have had a great experience here and a great place to live. Yeah, no, we had the pleasure of our kids, uh, our boys played baseball together at uh, the Platte Canyon League, Little League. It was it was a blast. We had great coaches, a lot of fun. Yeah. So what is it like being a high school principal today to to kids, especially now? It's definitely evolved uh, over the 15 years that I've been in that role in terms of there's a lot more instant communication, both between um the administration, the school, the teachers, and then throw into that kind of web parents and teacher, uh, parents and students. So that's a challenge because uh, things you do or say get conveyed immediately elsewhere. Um, so you've got to, I don't want to say be careful, but you've got to be consistent and be able to justify what you're doing, you know, pretty quickly. And so that that's the biggest change Obviously, the kids tied to the screens, um, whether it's a phone or a computer, that's a challenge. And uh, trying to manage and help kids learn and focus with all the distractions that are around them has certainly evolved. And so we're still pretty strict here about use, screen use, uh, but we also are smart enough, I guess, to understand that's part of uh, our kids' world. And so we've got to incorporate as much of that technology into our program as we can. 
I would say that's the biggest, that's the biggest difference. It's still great to, to work with young people, see how they're uh, moving out and, and doing great things beyond us. And uh, that part of the, the job hasn't changed. And that's what keeps a lot of us going. It's, it's, a, it's a great positive way to interact with young people and hopefully help them move on and, and be happy and successful. What are the um, pluses and minuses of uh, being a superintendent and a principal? Let me try to think of the pluses first. Uh, the being my own boss to some degree is helpful and having the ability to steer the program a little bit more, the pre-K-12 program, and have my input in that uh, as opposed to just being the high school principal. That's been really good. So being inter- able to interact with parents throughout our system, students throughout our system, employees throughout our system. That's been very positive, and I really enjoy getting to see the great work that goes on outside of the high school building. The minuses, I think, are probably pretty obvious in terms of now I'm, on, I'm not only dealing with issues at the high school level, but I'm dealing with issues uh, with facilities and um, transportation and uh, the other buildings and locations. And so your, the issues you have to deal with kind of are multiplied. Um, that said, we don't we don't have a ton of that, and so uh, it's a good place to work. And so far, I've enjoyed both roles, and uh, hopefully, our parents and and uh, board members feel that that it's a good mix. Yeah, I would imagine it's a good synergy, like you said. It, you can over, have an overview of everything, and it kind of trickles down to the system and, and makes things a little bit smoother uh, moving forward. Um, what extracurriculars are available at Platte Canyon High School? Well, we have an uh, athletics program that includes cross-country, volleyball, football, softball, cheerleading, basketball for both uh, boys and girls, girls swimming, um, wrestling, track, baseball. And then what we've added in that many of those programs also bleed into the middle school. So we're kind of unusual up here in that we have a school-associated district-associated football team. We have a district-associated basketball team at the middle school. Middle school baseball this year, I'm excited about that Hmm. uh, because I think that'll be a good opportunity for our kids. Uh, It won't conflict with the Little League program that uh, your boys and and my son played in, but I think it will enhance that and it will also enhance our high school program. And then we also have uh, programs in the arts. So we have a, a strong drama program, speech program, uh, we have a yacht club, believe it or not, where we build a wooden boat and sail it wow. uh, out in the Pacific Ocean at, in May, end of May. Uh, we have all the STEM-related activities you would want in terms of science club, robotics club, those kinds of things, both at the middle and high school level. I'm sure I'm missing some things, but generally speaking, pretty much what you would think a smaller rural school would have, we have. And uh, we probably have a few things more than you would expect. Like, for example, we have a chess club and, and some of these other things that have been um, promulgated throughout the, the last couple of years. So we're, we feel like we, we try to meet the needs of kids. I think the great thing about the smaller school is the kids can come directly to me and say, hey, I've got this great idea, uh, teachers as well. And then I always say, well, let's talk about this, you know, and um, see if we have the capacity to meet that. But that's where the yacht club came about. That's where the our disc golf club came about. We have a nice disc uh, facility on our property that a lot of the community uses as well. And uh, 
things like that. We talk back and forth. We try to determine interest, see if we can get a faculty sponsor. And if we can, we're off, off and running. That sounds great. Yeah, just the, um, the size of the school. That's quite an expensive amount of uh, activities and extracurricular that are offered. What, um, what do you mean by district associated? Uh, that they are not only um, are they at the high school, but let's say they're at the middle school and or the elementary school. So they, when we talk about typically like for football, because I know that a little bit better, uh, we have the MAMFA League, which is kind of a Pop Warner Little League type football program. It's community-based. It's not affiliated with any school. Whereas our middle, we have a middle school football program. It's Fitzsimmons Middle School. Same thing with baseball now, same with track and, and et cetera. So some uh, middle schools don't have those school-associated teams. We do. And so that, and we've made a conscious effort to do that, you know, just to offer those opportunities. Our community said, we want these opportunities. And we said, hey, we'll see if we can make it happen. So, so that's one thing you, you mentioned that maybe differentiates you from Jeffco schools is uh, that, you know, that integration with the middle school sports, it's something they don't offer in Jeffco that you can do it, but it, well, you mostly do club sports. Um, it's just nothing that, that's in the school. So that's nice to have. I mean, I, I know when I grew up in a small town in Kansas, we had middle school sports and then we, that kind of integrated and led into our high school sports. So. And I think with the size of our community and the location, uh, because we are, more remote than, let's say, Conifer Evergreen. It just makes sense to try to keep that close to home as much as possible, try to minimize uh, cost and travel for our parents. And so it's just, it's, it's worked out very nicely. Uh, and again, there's obviously some benefit to trying to keep those kids enrolled throughout your system and to move them into the high school kind of in a natural way. And so the, the more we can do of that, uh, the more we try to do. That's great. That's great information. Thanks, Mike. Now you mentioned you had um, you lived here 22 years, and uh, can you talk about what it was like when you bought your mountain home? And it yeah, was we uh, <laughs> yeah my my in laws lived down in Denver, and um, we had like I said, my my son Otis was just about to turn one, and I was working up here. I was teaching up here at Platte Canyon, but we were commuting from Denver. At that time, my wife was a reporter for Channel 4, and we were just trying to figure out where would be the best place to land, uh, where we we had a little bit of space. Uh, we don't love traffic because we went to college in Los Angeles, got enough of that then. And so we just we came up, looked at some places up here in Bailey, found a nice place we're still in that we really like, have some nice neighbors, and, um, you know, obviously low crime, low traffic, except on weekends, as you know. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we just we, we liked the school system, uh, and I was a part of that, and we just thought it would be a natural fit. And just beautiful scenery and, and the whole deal. And so uh, we felt we were very fortunate to find our home. And uh, we, like I said, we've stayed in for 22 years and loved it. So if I was um, a buyer considering, or if you talk to, you probably talk to parents at times that are considering a move. Is there anything that sticks out that you might say, hey, you know, consider this when you're purchasing a home. I know there's a lot that goes into it, you know, the elevation, uh, what kind of exposure you get. Um, you know, you want to do due diligence, test your well and your septic, that sort of thing. Is there anything that pops out with you that you would give as a, kind of a words of, of advice? 
Well, I think all of those obviously are good. I, I would think just check out your school system uh, because, you know, if, if you go 10 minutes uh, north of us, you're going to be near Conifer. That's going to be a different school system. It might be Jeffco school system, bigger school district. District. There are some opportunities there you wouldn't get at a smaller school like ours. That said, there's some individual attention you're going to get in ours that you maybe wouldn't get in a bigger uh, school. You've got to decide as a family what's right for your family. Uh, they're both excellent schools. I uh, would not, you know, you, you don't wouldn't go wrong either place, in my opinion. But I think also we are, you know, we're not right next to Denver. So you're going to go, you're going to travel 15 minutes to get groceries, um, you, you know, minimum, depending where you live. And so you got to factor in that those commute miles and times. And some people really want the isolation, a little bit more isolation. Some people don't. So I would definitely con- consider that factor. The, the flip side of that is we feel really good about we can access Denver and Denver amenities when we want to, but we don't have to live in the middle of it. And so we feel that that's a real bonus to living up here is that you can, you can take advantage of all those things you want to do. If you want to do arts or music or museums or sporting events or concerts, um, you can certainly do that relatively easy. It's a 25 minute drive from my house to the suburbs of Denver on a good day, not on a weather day, but, um, and so you can get downtown in 40 minutes, easy 40, 45 minutes. And so, those are all things to consider. What, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Lots of hiking, lots of fishing, lots of hunting up here that is unrivaled, really. Uh, the fishing in particular, um, some of the best in the country. So what are the those things are things you, I would think. What okay. are the things that you like to participate in living in Colorado? You mentioned a lot of, a lot of activities there. Well, I love sports. And so I've done a lot of coaching, and that's taken up a lot of my time in addition to my kind of real job. Um, Love to fly fish. Haven't been able to do it much since I became superintendent. The time's been a little bit more limited then. But again, I, you know, our, the South Platte River is literally across the bridge over the highway from our campus. And um, access points are a couple minutes from, the, from our campus. And so uh, I like to do that. Uh, I love to kind of do it by myself. Get out in the kind of South Platte Basin area. That's just about 15 minutes from here. And you can hit some really nice spots and be the only one out there and have beautiful mountain scenery all around you. Uh, so those are the things I, I love to read and, and do some of those other things. But uh, activity-wise, that's, to me, the, the best part of being up here. It's just the, the access to the South Platte, its tributaries, and, and the great fishing that goes in there. Yeah, whether you catch a fish or not isn't that important. <laughs> I don't, And I don't catch them very often. So that's not, for me... Uh, it's a challenge just to get my fly to be in the water, but uh, <laughs> the scenery around it and the, the solitude, you know, and the, the wildlife and you just, you can't beat it. You really can't. When you uh, counsel students and, and do you reflect back and think, gosh, um, maybe what was, you know, give them, giving them advice. Was there one thing that sticks out that maybe a, somebody gave you a piece of advice that's kind of stuck with you over all these years? Well, um, I would say two things. I would add, I would say one thing that was given to me and then one thing that I've kind of added to it, which is very early on in my career, I had a coach who was also a teacher and ended up actually being a principal and superintendent, just kind of a side note to it. He just said, well, what are, what are you good at? And I said, well, I'm good at math. And he said, 
and you like to coach, obviously, and because I, I had just gotten out of college and was coaching with him. And I said, yeah. And he said, if you become a math teacher and a coach, you'll never be without a job, ever. And he was right. I mean, no matter where we moved, kind of following my wife's reporting career, uh, I had no problem finding uh, a, a good job and a place to land. Um, so you definitely want to do things you're good at. But I, I would add to that, really enjoyed that in that I've been able to work with young people. And I found that I really enjoyed doing that. And it's made a lot less like a job. And so I would add to that, um, not only what you're good at, but what you like to do and um, try to steer your career. What do you like to do? What are you, what are you good at? And see if you can find a job in that area. Because I think that that's just having a tedious kind of existence beyond uh, your job is a, it's not a prescription for happiness. If you think you go the other direction, uh, do things you like to do, do things you're you're good at, and I think you're going to be pretty happy. And that that's been the case for me. That's great information. I'm sure that uh, that uh, when you instill that into kids, it's you know you can get distracted with a lot of things, and um, a lot of times if you go with your heart and you don't you're not so focused on other things seems to work out well. I know my wife feels the similar way. She is also a, she's a teacher. She teaches, as you know, Mike, she teaches high school French at Heritage High School. And, you know, the last couple of years have been a bit challenging, but overall she, she feels very, very good about it. So, well, I really appreciate your information, Mike. Is there anything um, you'd like to add? I would just say, again, if you're, if you're considering moving to the foothills, there's a lot to offer in terms of different types of dwellings and land and you can you can have neighbors or not have neighbors and you have so much access up here to kind of both sides of life uh, a side of life that's more rural and more outdoors focused but also you can access all the amenities of a big city like denver and we just i think we were lucky i'm not sure we thought of all that when we moved up here but it sure turned out well and i would just encourage anyone considering it to understand that uh, you're not giving up one or, or the other by moving up here. You're getting the best of both worlds. So I would say that. I would say make sure you check out the school system. If you have younger children, uh, you're going to want to make sure they land in the spot that you feel comfortable. But also don't be afraid to approach administrators, teachers, whatever, parents who are in that, that system and, and ask them what they think of it. Because I think if you go online, you're typically going to see uh, a few negative reviews because people don't always like what I do believe it or not. Um, and so I just encourage you to go directly to the source and get the information you need to make the best, best decision for your family. I'm sure overall it's great information. And the best place to go, Mike, if folks wanted to check out Platte Canyon? We've got a website, www.platcanyonschools.org, And uh, you can find all kinds of contact information on there and all, all kinds of information about our school system. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day. You too. To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast. On the podcast, I interview real estate experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents who enjoy the serenity and lifestyle of living in our mountain communities. Tune in each week for a conversation that explores the ins and outs of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home and catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.